Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We have pastors standing by every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time to pray for your prayer requests and to answer your questions about the Bible. So give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Maybe you've been reading your Bible and you've been Kind of curious, you know, what is the what does this particular verse mean? Or maybe there's something going on in your life and you're wondering, what does God's word have to say to my situation? Those are great types of questions to call in with. And maybe there's just something where you're like, I don't necessarily need an answer so much as I just need prayer. Well, we would love to respond to all those calls. So give us a call. Don't hesitate to call in with your Bible questions, your questions about God and life and theology, as well as your questions, uh, or rather, as well as with your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. So one more time, the numbers to call and the number to text, 303-690-3000. That's the call in line, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Hey, we want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and into Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing it live today. Today is October twenty eighth. We're getting near the end of the month of October. It's a beautiful Friday here in Colorado. I'm broadcasting from Longmont. And so glad to be with you. I also want to greet our listeners on the Radio by Grace network of stations. Radio by Grace has stations all over the United States, particularly in the southern U.S., and you are also hearing the show live today, so welcome to you. We also want to greet those who are listening on the Grace FM app. If you don't yet have that, I really recommend that you go and get it. It's totally free, and it's a great resource. It's something you can use as you're on the go, even as you're traveling. Something you can also recommend to people who maybe live outside of our broadcast areas. They're able to tune in, and we do have so many who do. We have a lot of people who tune in um, in different areas across the United States and um, internationally as well. So make sure to go get that Grace FM app, and I want to greet those who are listening on gracefm.com, the GraceFM app, as well as uh, we know that you're also able to listen on smart speakers and things like that. And so however you're tuning in today, welcome and greetings to you. So glad you're with us. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. And we also want to greet those who are listening on Hope FM um, on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee, as well as those listening on Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. So to all of those stations and all of you listeners out there, welcome to the program. Can't wait to hear from you. Just a heads up that 
Those listening on Truth FM, Hope FM, and Higher Rock Radio, you hear the show on a one-week delay. But as I usually say, I hope that won't ever be a hindrance for you in calling in and participating on the show. In fact, I would encourage you to see it as a unique benefit that you have where you get to call in with your question, and then you have an entire week to tell people you know to tune in at the particular time and date a week later to hear your question broadcast on the air. It might be a cool way for you to introduce somebody to Calvary Live and this great opportunity to have their questions answered. And who knows what God might do to use this in their life to draw him to themselves and to maybe remove some of those barriers that they felt were barriers in them coming to faith in Jesus. So wherever you're tuning in from today, welcome. So glad to have you. Again, the number to call with your questions about the Bible, the number to text with your questions and your prayer requests. We'll start with the call-in number 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, just a few words about myself before we get to our callers. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city. And um, we are right now in the process of renovating our building. What's some exciting thing that's going on for us, for those of you who are here in our local area, we've been doing a construction project on our church since, well, we've been planning it for almost a year now, but executing it since the summer, but we've run into all kinds of delays and things like that, just as everybody in the construction world has. Um, But this week, we had a humongous leap forward with that project where our uh, sanctuary uh, we part of the project was to double the size of our sanctuary, and um, and so we did that this week. We finally, you know, removed all the uh, curtains and different things that were up here to divide the space up while we were under construction. And so today was the first day when I got to walk into the sanctuary and see it um, with all the chairs and double the size and all the new orientation and all that. So. We're excited for that this Sunday. That's what's going on with us at our church. Uh, We'd love to have you join us and check it out for yourself. You can find our address and all that good stuff on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. The address of the church is 2950 Colorful Avenue, and that's in Longmont. Uh, The zip is 80504. So it's Uh, 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, and we're right on Highway 119. So if you ever are driving down Highway 119 from I-25 towards Longmont and into Boulder, we are right on the north side of Highway 119, right on the road there. And uh, we're directly across the street from Sandstone Ranch Community Park. So for those of you who are familiar with Highway 119 and Longmont, we're really close to both I-25 and County Line Road and right on this main highway. So that makes us conveniently located for those of you who maybe live in other communities but are willing to drive in. We have people, you know, who come from all over the place. So if you're coming from, let's say, Lyons or Berthet, if you're coming from Loveland or Frederick, Firestone, Decono, from um, Mead or Lafayette, Erie, those kinds of areas, we would love to have you come and worship with us This Sunday, we have three services every Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. We are going to be going to two services soon, but that's uh, dependent on a few of our construction things. So for the moment, we're still at three services, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11, and we'd love to have you join us. For the whole family, we have a children's ministry, great worship ministry. We'd love to serve you and your family. We're currently studying through 
Second Corinthians in a series called Strength and Weakness, which is a study through the entire book of Second Corinthians. And this Sunday, we're in chapter 11, and we're talking about a really interesting topic. It is what's called in the Bible divine jealousy. You know, in the Ten Commandments, God says at one point, um, I think it's after the second commandment, he says, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't make any graven images because I, the Lord, am a jealous God. And man, I'll tell you, I've talked to people over the years who say, I really struggle with that because elsewhere in the Bible, it says that jealousy is a bad thing. But then when it says, then God says he's jealous, like, is that good? Is that okay? And in second Corinthians 11, Paul says, I have loved you with a divine jealousy. And so what does that mean? Like, is that good, bad? How do we make sense of that? I'm going to argue that it's actually really, really good. And it's the opposite of being aloof. And I want to use some examples to show you what it means that God is jealous for you and why that is actually a very encouraging and good thing. So you have to join us this Sunday. Again, you can join us in person or online. All the info you need is at whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Pat in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Nick, I was... I was interested on your take on the following. The Holy Spirit interacts in three ways. When you, when you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells. Uh, when you're called to do something that might be above your capabilities, the Holy Spirit comes upon. What's your take on the Holy Spirit is with? Yeah. So... In John chapters 14 and 16, we have this, these passages, and you kind of got to go between those two chapters back and forth. Um, so if you got your Bible, just you know, open up there, or I can kind of walk you through it. But in John 16, so in those couple chapters right there, it's at the Lord's Supper. Jesus is talking to them about how he's going to go away, but he's going to send them the Holy Spirit. And, um, oh, actually, it's in John 14. Sorry, John 14, starting in verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. So there's two relationships. So I've always said, you know, there are three relationships with the Holy Spirit with, in, and upon. And here's what I would describe that as. If you go over to John 16, he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit, right? That when he comes, he will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Basically, that all have sinned, including you, that God is righteous, and that because of God's righteousness, there's coming a day of judgment. And therefore, what we need is a Savior. So in other words, that with relationship, I always put it this way. The Holy Spirit is with all people around the world drawing them to faith in Jesus, drawing them to their recognition of their need for a Savior by convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, the in-relationship, the indwelling, we know that only happens after a person puts their faith in Jesus. That's something that the Old Testament saints didn't get to experience. But we who are in Christ now, after his death and resurrection, we do get to experience it here in this life here on earth, and then the upon relationship, that is speaking of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that is 
at different people at different times as the Spirit wills? I, what I'm trying to focus on is the with. So you do agree that the Holy Spirit is with in the world, and the job of the Holy Spirit is to be convicting and convicting uh, and to get you to believe in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, if you don't respond to that convicting, uh, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and you spend an eternity away from God. That's point one. Do you agree yeah, with that? hundred percent. Okay. The only okay. thing I would add is that I think the Holy Spirit continues to be with us even after we believe, still oh, doing yeah, that work of conviction. That, yeah. yeah. But, but, but after you believe, it's more of an indwelling. Oh, for sure it's an indwelling, right? And then you could say the Spirit also gives conviction through that indwelling as well. Oh, that's true, because Dick, even though you're a believer, you're still a sinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got that. So where the difficulty came in when I was trying to explain this in one of my classes, the difficulty came in is that why would the Holy Spirit be with everyone, convicting them if God is sovereign and God has the elected who's going to believe and who's not? Mm-hmm. Predestination. So why would the Holy Spirit be convicting someone who God knows will never accept it? Yeah, And good. that's what caused the difficulty in the Bible study. Yeah, I see. It is a good question. You know, here's the thing. I... On the one hand, the Bible the Bible does absolutely teach that God is sovereign. We never shy away from that. We embrace it and we celebrate it. But it also teaches what we call human responsibility. You know, you've probably heard me say before that I don't like the term free will. I would prefer to use what I think is more accurate, and that is uh, human agency or human responsibility, which means that, you know— the reason why judgment is coming upon the world, it says in Romans chapter 1, is not because people didn't know who God was. It's because they knew who God was and they didn't like it, and they hardened their hearts against God. And so what you have there is that the judgment of God is not unjust, and God's uh, not capricious in his judgment, right? He's not saying, I didn't choose you, and also now I'm going to punish you for something that you had no control over. Rather, like we see with Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, we see that that Pharaoh hardened his heart and God hardened his heart, right? So it was, um, yeah, it was it was both taking place. It wasn't just one-sided. Um, I'm trying to remember the right word. So is it, we, we use this word monergenistic, and I think it's synchronistic is the word. Um, I'm not sure that that's the exact right word. But the idea is that... Um, it's not just one, it's both, right? So God is bringing conviction, and Pharaoh is choosing to harden his heart, and God is also hardening his heart, right? And so these two things are both happening at the same time. And I would say that that's the same thing that's happening here with this, is that, yes, God's bringing conviction, and people are hardening their heart. And the reason they're being judged is because, according to Romans 1, they knew God, and yet they rejected God, and they suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. Doesn't Romans also say it's of no work of our own? So if, if, I, have, if I choose to, if I have to exercise agency, like you're saying, that's a work of choice. I have to choose. So doesn't that 
conflict with the sovereignty of God if it's up to me. Mm. It's it doesn't Paul say it's nothing of yourself. It's uh, yeah. You're thinking of Galatians two verses eight and nine, right? So this you're saved by grace through faith, and this not of yourself, right? And it's the gift of God. And the question there is an interesting one. It's is the is it the grace or the faith that is the gift of God? That's not really clear from the passage. And so, um, you know. Is the faith to believe a gift from God? I would say I don't have an argument against that either. I would say, sure, it can be that too. But I I would also just add to it this, that is the agency then an earning? I don't think it's an earning. See, this is the thing that I think, um, you know, clearly God calls people to do things, right? If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, you'll find a passage there where God says, if you obey me, here are the things that will happen. If you don't obey me, here are the things that will happen in that case too. Is he saying that you earned those things? If you earned those blessings, if you obeyed? No, it's not earning those blessings. He's saying you obeyed and here's the consequence of that, right? In the same way, we're not earning salvation in any way by obeying God. Does God give us the faith and ability to do that? I would say, yeah. But on the other hand, does he give us some agency and then holds us responsible for how we use that agency? Again, I would say yes. And, and I would want anybody out there to know I'm not espousing free will as, a, as a, an idea because I actually would agree with Martin Luther that the will of man is actually in bondage prior to being set free. And yet, even in that bondage, God has given us the ability agency to say yes to him. And so, um, yeah, with this, I guess it, I, I'm still going back to Romans chapter one and saying, here is why the judgment of God is coming upon the world. The judgment of God is coming upon the world because people having known God suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. And it wasn't that they didn't know who God was, it's that they didn't want to worship him as God. And so all that to say, I don't really see these things as being in conflict with each other, but I'll give you one other way of looking at this, and that is this, that with us, God certainly does tell us what to do, right? And then tells us that he holds us responsible for making those decisions. And so those who would focus on the sovereignty of God and the sovereign choice of God, which again, I'm not arguing against, I believe that God is sovereign and that he chooses. And so uh, those people, I, I would say this, okay, from God's perspective, Right? So if we take God's perspective, God, Jesus even said to his disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Right, and, um, and so there's God's perspective and his action. On the other hand, you have human perspective and human action. And from our perspective and our actions, um, we are given uh, a choice and a decision to make. Will we obey God? Will we worship God as God? What will we do? Will we submit to God or resist God? And what we do with that is something we will be held responsible for. So I would always tell somebody, look, you have no control over what God has done or hasn't done in his sovereignty. But today can be the day of salvation if you will just uh, hear the word of the gospel and put your trust in Jesus. You have absolutely no control over God's sovereign choice, but you do have agency over this this one area at least. So don't get all stressed out wondering about whether or not God has chosen you or not chosen you. Instead, 
choose today to believe? I got to tell you, Pastor, that's uh, that's a tough concept to discuss with twenty people, and <laughs> and it just raises a ton of questions. But but your explanation is crystal clear to me, and uh, and I appreciate it. I got to just find another way to craft that, yeah, uh, kind of framework in it like you did. Um, but boy, is that a difficult thing. Because I was pushing the point, like you're pushing, the Holy Spirit's with everyone. Mm. Uh, what do you mean with everyone? Well, he's with non-believers as well, trying to convict them. Uh, and boy, oh boy. Well, I'll tell you this. If I was going to take a really deterministic um, approach to the sovereignty of God and still argue the same point, I would still argue the point. The Holy Spirit, let's put it this way. If if you're of the mind that says God has chosen some people, not chosen other people, and those whom he hasn't chosen, they can never be saved, right? No matter how much, even if they want to be saved. Let's just say hypothetically, right? Um, to that person, I would argue the same thing. The Holy Spirit is still with that person, bringing them to conviction, and that person is obviously resisting the Holy Spirit, which is a phrase, by the way, which is found in the Bible in Acts chapter 2, and I believe it's also in Acts chapter 3. He says, will you people with your hard hearts continue to resist the Holy Spirit? Peter says that as he's speaking to crowds in Jerusalem. And so here's a biblical phrase, resisting the Holy Spirit, and people who do it will be held responsible. And so you could say, even if you took a deterministic uh, approach to this, that that's still what's happening, that people are being, uh, the Holy Spirit is with them, drawing them to Jesus, and they are resisting the Holy Spirit to their condemnation. I think that actually would be a very satisfactory argument for a person who is of a deterministic mindset. Pastor, as always, thank you. You you bring such clarity uh, to Scripture. What a blessing to have you as a source. So thank you so much, and you have a blessed day. Pat, always great to hear from you. Thanks so much for calling in. God bless you, too. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. would love to hear from you. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible, maybe your questions about life and what the, how the Bible speaks to it. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We have a text message that came in. Someone asked, "Do you have a suggestion of a Bible-based addiction recovery center in the Northern Colorado area?" I'll tell you what I do know, but I bet there's a lot more out there than what I know. So, you who are listening out there right now, I'm calling on you to. Call me and text me with your suggestions for biblically-based addiction recovery centers in northern Colorado. I'll tell you the ones I do know. I know that in Longmont and throughout northern Colorado, there are churches that host a program called Celebrate Recovery. I also know that in Brighton, maybe I'm not sure if Brighton counts as northern Colorado or not, but Brighton has, uh, in Calvary Chapel, Brighton, there is a an addiction program called The Most Excellent Way. Um, I believe that's what it's called. But you should be able to find more information about that by calling that church, Calvary Chapel in Brighton. Um, 
But also, I would love to hear from any of our listeners out there who say, I do know of a great um, biblically-based addiction recovery center or program in Northern Colorado. So send me those via text or call. Let me give you the numbers to call, and you can send uh, those suggestions, but also call me with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. So the number is 303-690-3000. That's the call-in line, 303-690-3000, or text 720-336-0897. Again, you can text that to 720-336-0897. Hopefully we can get this person something that will work for them. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have all open lines right now and um, a few text messages to respond to. But before we do that, I just wanted to tell you guys, um, for those of you who are podcast listeners or those of you who are interested in articles, I have a podcast that I recently took a break from, but I got back into it this week on the topic of gluttony. So, you know, I do a theology podcast called Theology for the People, and this week's episode is on gluttony. What is it? How do you know, you know, if you just enjoyed a good meal or you actually crossed the line into gluttony? And why is gluttony a danger to your soul? You know, gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. Um, but what are exactly the seven deadly sins? Who made them up? They're not from the Bible. So where do they come from? I speak with a friend of mine about that who has a little bit of expertise in this area. So you can check that out by going to my website. That's nickkady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. If you want to check out that podcast or any other interesting articles that might be uh, helpful to you. Let's go and look at one of our text messages that came in. Someone said, Hi, Nick, I hear on Grace FM occasionally about the prosperity doctrine. Can you please go into detail a bit about what they believe? Thank you and God bless. Well, yeah, thanks for that question. It's a good one. I would tell you this, that prosperity doctrine, sometimes called the prosperity gospel, um, is the idea or the teaching that if you do what God wants you to do, and let's say you follow Jesus, you you know obey the Lord, and do the things that the Bible says that you should do, then God will more or less uh, guarantee that you will be healthy, that you will be prosperous financially. And um, I think those are the two big ones. There might be a few other things, but basically they say that you won't have problems in your life. So God will protect you from having bad things happen in your life, and you will be you know, physically healthy, you won't get sick. If you pray to be healed, you will always be healed. And if you, um, you know, you won't experience poverty or any kind of financial trouble. And these people would point out and they'd say, well, if you do experience poverty, well, that's a sign of the curse of sin. And therefore, it must be a sign that you're not doing Christianity right. Um, now, this teaching is actually addressed in the biblical book of 2 Corinthians, which I men mentioned earlier that we're studying through that in our church on Sunday mornings right now. But it's something that Paul just speaks out against directly. Like this is, he calls it in chapter 11, he says it is a different gospel which preaches a different Jesus and it is a different spirit. He says it's bad for you. And it's actually the reason why Paul talks about divine jealousy, which I mentioned earlier in the show. He says, I have a jealousy for your soul. I'm not aloof about 
the condition and the outcome of your soul, I'm worried because these people are coming around and they're preaching to you a false gospel. And the false gospel they were preaching was a prosperity doctrine. Now, we're about to go to our mid-show break here, and we've got some more callers. But when we come back in between callers, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what is exactly is wrong with that prosperity doctrine beyond the fact that it's promising something which is contrary to what Jesus himself said would happen. Jesus had said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart for I've overcome the world. It actually preaches a different hope, and it's a hope that is actually a false hope. And I'll explain why that is a little bit later in this show. Stay tuned. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back after the break. The number to call, 303-690-3000. And we'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you on the air and we would love to to answer any questions you have about the Bible or how it applies to different situations you're facing in your life. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Lucy in Colorado Springs. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. I just want to thank God for you guys, for you and all the pastors that come on this program. Uh, You guys are awesome. And I want to tell you thank you for praying with me a while ago. I called like a month and a half ago. I was having health issues, and you prayed with me. And I want to thank you for praying with me because God did answer the prayers. And I want to ask you, please, if you can, pray for my mother and my sister. They have some health issues as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, my sister has some immigration papers for her husband and her son. Um, Okay. And if you please pray for them as well. Let's do that. So you said that was for your mom and your sister and your sister's son? Yes, please. Okay, let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, we pray for Lucy. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in her life, both through uh, her spiritual life, how you're growing her spiritually. Lord, we also thank you for what you're doing in her life physically, answering her prayers when she was sick and not well. Lord, thank you that you have healed her and heard our prayers. Lord, now we pray for her mom and her sister, specifically for their immigration paperwork, and we pray for her sister's son as well. Lord, we pray that you would just give them a lot of favor in the eyes of the agents who will handle their case. Lord, we pray that you would help them, Lord, when they when they take those papers in their hands, that they would be inclined to deal with them rightly and quickly and favorably. And Lord, we pray 
that this family would be able to stay together through this immigration process. Uh, Lord, we pray that it would be stress-free, but we also just pray that as they go through it, Lord, help them to trust in you. I know there can be so much uncertainty and the consequences of these decisions can be very severe. And so, Lord, we pray for them that you give them hope and trust that no matter what the outcome is, Lord, they know that, that their times are in your hands. And so, Lord, we dedicate them to you and we ask for a favorable outcome for their immigration proceeding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have a question, Pastor. How sure. can I know for sure that I have the Holy Spirit in me? How can you know for sure? Well, I'll tell you one way is that if you want to know if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you find that out by trusting that what the Bible says is true. And here's why. We talked with a caller earlier, Pat. He called in from Greeley, and he was talking about the three relationships that the Bible describes a person having with the Holy Spirit. Those three relationships are the Holy Spirit is with all people to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's number one, with all people. Number two, the Holy Spirit is in those who believe, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm going to point you to a few verses that teach this. Um, probably most famously is Ephesians chapter 1, and it says it very clearly. Let me read it to you. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I'm looking for the exact verse, but it basically says this, that when you put your, yeah, here it is, verse 13. He says, in him, that's in Christ Jesus, you, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it. And so what that means is that the Holy Spirit is in those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. So that would be the, the way that you would know. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? If so, then the Holy Spirit is in you. So the Holy Spirit is in every person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is not in anyone who has not put their faith and trust in Jesus. Romans chapter 8, for example, I believe it's verse 5, but let me check for you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he says, if, oh, it's actually not uh, verse 5, it's verse 9. He says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in them does not belong to Christ. But then he says, but if Christ is in you because you have believed in him, then, then he goes on to talk. But the point is, every believer has the Holy Spirit inside of them as a promise, indwelling them as a seal, kind of showing that they do indeed belong to God. Does that answer your question, Lucy? Some bad thoughts in my mind, and I recognize it's bad. That's probably the Holy Spirit letting me know that it's bad. Yes, absolutely. So that whole idea of, of like recognizing when you are sinning, recognizing when you need yeah. to repent, that, in my opinion, I always tell people, that is a good thing. Be happy if you, if you feel that, because it means that your heart is not hard, that you feel the, the pinprick of the Holy Spirit's conviction. Yeah, for absolutely. Letting me know, and now I have peace in my heart that mm. I do. Thank you very much, Pastor. May God bless you and bless this 
station and every pastor that comes on it because you guys are making big difference in my life. And I'm sure other people go through the same thing. Thank you. May God bless you. Oh, God bless you, Lucy. Thank you for those kind words. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I hope, I hope I'll meet you one day in person. Thank oh, that would be excellent. God bless you, Lucy. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. You. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line 720-336-0897. We've got a lot of text messages coming in today. Um, and we have all open lines on the call-in line, so feel free to give us a call there. One more time with the call-in number, 303-690-3000 for your prayer requests and your questions about the Bible. Well, just one more thought on what we were just talking about with Lucy. You know, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit within me? Um, you know, she's saying, well, what if I feel conviction over sin? Is that a sign of God working in my life? I would say, absolutely it is. In fact, I would argue that that's one of the biggest signs of life. You know, sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll say, I'm just so discouraged because I'm struggling with this sin and I keep fighting against it, but it just keeps coming back. Like I just keep finding myself tempted by it. I find myself falling into it on occasion and I'm wondering, am I actually a Christian? And one of the things I often will remind people of is like, hey, the fact that you feel conviction shows me that there is hope for you, right? That not all hope is lost because what happens, we were talking about this with Pat earlier in the show, this idea that the Holy Spirit convicts us, but what we can do is we can develop a calloused heart. And you can think like, just like you get calluses on your fingers from playing the guitar, or you get calluses from using certain tools. We can also get calloused hearts. And what that means is something that used to be sensitive and feeling is now dull and hard. And even though the, the, the thing which would cause the sensation is still happening, you no longer feel anything. And that can happen with our hearts. So it's not that the Holy Spirit isn't convicting us. It's just that we no longer feel anything. We, we've built up a callus over our heart um, to make ourselves impervious to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So anytime somebody feels convicted, I say, hey, that's a good sign. That's like, you know, if I if I poke you and you don't feel anything, that's not a good sign. But if I poke you and you feel something, um, that means that there's life and uh, or, or a sign of life, right? There's an opportunity there. And so I'd say, uh, be encouraged if you're in that boat. And if you're, if on the other hand, let's say you are doing things and you no longer feel bad about it at all. And I would say that's a dangerous place to be. I would say as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's there's still hope for your soul. So if you're in that place where you say, I'm doing this thing and I just don't feel any conviction about it whatsoever, um, I would say, man, pray to the Lord and ask him to remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, right? Go from a heart of stone that's you know unfeeling and go to a heart of flesh that is sensitive to the Lord's touch. And, um, and I believe that he will. I believe that God answers those prayers. So let's go to our next caller, a caller in Aurora, uh, who doesn't want to give their name. So we'll go to caller on line one. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Yes. What happens to our soul when we pass? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this assuming that we're saved or not saved, or would you like me to cover saved. both? Okay. So let's say you're saved and uh, what happens to your soul? Yeah. The soul. I have a friend who wrote a book on the soul recently. His name's Dominic Doan. You can check out his book if you're interested. Um, but he, you know, has pointed out that in the, um, Old Testament as well as the New Testament, there isn't like a really hard delineating line between our soul and our body and our mind, as many of us like to take it, you know, but your soul is kind of all that you are. So the question would be like, what happens to you when you die? Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapters 5 and chapter 6 that what happens to us when we die, in other words, what happens to your soul, if you're a believer, is that you go and you are with the Lord. He also says in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians that when you die, essentially you remove this earthly tent that is your body, this temporary dwelling place and you are clothed. He says you don't remain unclothed. You don't remain a disembodied spirit, but rather you are clothed with a new body, a heavenly body that is fit for your new heavenly home. So the, there's two things right there that I can tell you happen when you die. That you go into the presence of the Lord and you receive a new body. And then uh, from there, you know, we know some things are going to happen. There will come eventually a day of judgment, which is to come after the time of tribulation, after the millennial kingdom. Some people would argue that um, we who are already in the presence of God will return to the earth to rule and reign with Jesus during his kingdom on earth. Um, and then after that, we'll follow the great judgment, in which we'll stand before God and, you know, be separated into two groups, as it says in Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, right? Those who are part of God's flock and those who are not part of God's flock uh, through faith in Jesus. And then there will be a great judgment at that time. Then there, those who uh, were part of God's flock will be ushered into his kingdom. They'll experience the new heavens and the new earth um, forevermore. that answer your question? Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Glad to do so. All right. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Now, earlier in the show, we had asked a question: Does anybody know of a Bible-based uh, addiction recovery center in Northern Colorado? We got two answers. One was uh, one I did mention to you on the air, and that is uh, the most excellent way. And that actually meets tonight, so that meets on Friday nights. It looks like I'm not sure if it's every Friday, but it's definitely meeting tonight at seven p.m at Calvary Chapel in Brighton, Colorado. That's 103 East Bridge Street, but I'm sure you can also look it up online. Uh, Calvary Chapel, Brighton, the most excellent way addiction recovery program starting, uh, well, it's meeting tonight at 7 p.m. So for anybody uh, who is interested in getting connected to that. Also, we had a text uh, message come in telling us about 
an addiction recovery, a free inpatient program, biblically based uh, through Victory Outreach in the city of Greeley. So that might be uh, something that others could benefit from as well. Uh, we have a, a few callers apparently who have called in asking not to go on the air, but they called in and asked us to pray for prayer requests. So let's pray for some of those. Uh, Felicia from Denver asked us to pray for a coworker's sister who has a lot of health issues, including lung cancer, blood issues, and a leg that is going to be amputated and is in the hospital. So let's pray for Felicia's coworker. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you Felicia's coworker, uh, just with all the physical struggles they're experiencing, cancer, with blood problems, and with this leg that's going to be amputated. Lord, we pray that you'd be with this dear person in the hospital. We pray that rather than losing faith, Lord, this would be an opportunity, a time when, um, when really they are, as they're being put to the test, they find you in the midst of this hard place. And Lord, you show yourself strong on their behalf. Lord, I pray that you would be present with this person in their, in their hospital room. I pray, Lord, that you would be ministering to them in their heart and in their mind by your Holy Spirit, speaking words of truth that bring life, uh, to them in this moment. And Lord, I pray that this would be one of those instances where this person might say, this is something that I never would have chosen, and yet I can see how God worked through it in an amazing way. So Lord, we pray for this person. We pray that you would um, keep them alive physically, and we pray, Lord, that you would cause them to be born again spiritually and to turn to you and trust in you. So we just pray for comfort. We pray for a lack of pain in this time. And we pray for your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Felicia, thanks for calling in and telling us about your coworker. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our text line. One person said this. They said, hi, I have a question. At work, my manager is a man who transitioned into a woman. I feel convicted even talking to him because I feel I'm accepting it, just talking about his life. How should I handle this? I don't know what words to speak or even should I at all. This man does not believe in God or Satan, but talks to dead people. Okay, well, wow, that's an interesting twist there at the end, isn't it? Um Let's put it this way. How are we to talk to non-believers? Well, I think on the one hand, right, we talk to them with kindness and we talk to them with respect because we hope to be ambassadors for Christ. You know, if you think about an ambassador, let's imagine you became the ambassador of the United States to Belgium. Well, you would need to do a few things. You'd probably talk to people, including maybe some counterparts with whom you had really big disagreements right? And you would talk to them, but you'd have to do so diplomatically, wouldn't you? You'd have to do so diplomatically so you could keep those lines open. Why? So that you could further the interests and the agenda of the kingdom that you represent or the country that you represent. Well, I would say in the same way, as ambassadors for Christ, it's important that we be diplomatic. Like we want to keep lines of communication open especially in cases like this, I would say. Now, you know, there are some cases in the Bible where we, where Christians are told, so like 1 Corinthians chapter 5, for example, where Christians are told, hey, if there's somebody who's like living in sin 
and they're part of the church, like you need to deal with that. And if they're unrepentant, then sometimes you have to um, have to excommunicate them from the church and not even eat a meal with a person like this. But remember, who's that talking about? It's talking about a person who thinks that they're a Christian and doesn't see anything wrong with their sinful actions, and they're not repentant. In this case, we're talking about a person who does not think that he is a Christian. He's not following Jesus, not even claiming to follow Jesus. Um, this thing about dead people, yeah, that, that sounds like he's involved in some kind of um, witchcraft or some kind of occultic practice, and that's worrisome. But here would be my advice to you. I don't think that you can be salt or light in somebody's life without proximity. You can't have influence on someone without proximity. And you're always wanting to ask the question, right? Is this a situation that I should get involved in um, in order to be salt and light? Or is this a situation where I am going to find myself tempted or lured into some kind of activity that I'm tempted to do? So let's say, for example, if you had a problem with alcohol, I would say probably a bar is not a good place to be going to be salt and light and an ambassador for Christ, because it's just, you know, that's an area where you're going to very potentially be tempted. Now, on the other hand, uh, in this case, my guess is that you are not being tempted by this person's, you know, transgenderism into transgenderism yourself. So I'd say that this is a great, ex a great opportunity for you to, um, have proximity with this person and let them say that. Like, think about that. If they're talking to their friends about you, what are they going to say? Hopefully what they would say is, I have this coworker who's a Christian and yet she's really kind to me. And that's the thing I've learned about Christians. They're very kind and, and they clearly don't agree with my lifestyle choices, but they're kind and they're loving and they ask me how I'm doing. And maybe you can you know, say to this person, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. And as Christians, we pray and that's what we do. And I would love to pray for you. Um, and I think it's it's very honest and sincere to be able to tell somebody, like, I don't agree with your choices, like in talking to the dead. In fact, uh, according to the Bible, that would be something that's very dangerous and something that God prohibits because it's bad for us. Uh, and like potentially, you know, detrimental and hazardous for our souls. Um, but I would love to pray for you and whatever's going on. And like, what, why do you talk to dead people? Like, is it, are you looking for something in there? Um, you know, because if you're looking for a connection to the spiritual, or let's say you're looking for hope that goes beyond this life, those things are available in Jesus. And, and I can explain that to you if you're more interested. So to this person who texted in this question, that would be my advice. Um, I would say this is not an opportunity to uh, kind of shut this person out, but rather this is an opportunity to show kindness as an ambassador for Christ and to handle this situation with um, respect and diplomacy. So I pray that God will give you wisdom with how to implement that in your workplace. Thanks for the text, and, and I hope that it goes well. Let's go to our next caller, Chastity in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chastity. Welcome to the program. Hi, good afternoon, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Great. Hey, so I have a quick question. Um, I was talking with a coworker at work today, and we're just, you know, he's an atheist friend. He doesn't he doesn't believe in God. So every now and then, whenever I get the opportunity, I like to talk to him. 
And we were kind of just going back and forth, and he stopped me stopped me and I just I didn't know how to answer this question so we're basically talking about Joe he was talking about Jonah and he kind of just looked at me and he said you actually believe that a person was swallowed up by a whale and lived in the valley for three days and then came out alive and you know me going off of first Peter three fifteen, you know giving an answer you know for my faith how do I explain this to him I just was kind of stumped and I just kind of looked at him, didn't really know how to answer. I just don't know what, like, what, what should I've hide? What should have I have said? Yeah. Well, I'll give you two things to think about. One of them is okay. Historically, there is somebody who this happened to in fairly recent time, and it was pretty much documented. Um, his name was James Bartley. So if you just there's actually a Wikipedia page about him. So I'm looking at it right now, by the way, uh, James Bartley. And he is um, somebody who was swallowed by a sperm whale. And then he was found several days later and he was alive. Uh, the sperm whale died because it was harpooned. And so it actually made the news throughout the United States at that time. Um, you know, man in whale's stomach, modern day Jonah, etc. So, is it preposterous to believe that the biblical story is true? Not at all. It's not preposterous. But here's the other thing. Um, even if this story isn't true, which, by the way, I 100% believe that it is true, and I think that science clearly has shown it to be true, and James Bartley's a good example of that. But even if it wasn't, you know what? Um, we still have to deal with the, the fact of who Jesus is, right? There have been people throughout history who have said, oh, well, you know, maybe Jonah was an allegorical story. But even if it was, that really doesn't take away from the fact that when the Bible talks about Jesus, when it talks about sin, and when it talks about heaven and hell, those are not allegorical things. Now, again, I just want to be extra super clear. I don't believe that the story of Jonah is allegorical. Um, but even if it were, it, it would still, um, you know, deal with the issue of, we still have to deal with this problem of sin, God, Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. And, and those are things which you can't skirt around, right? And so in my opinion, somebody bringing that up and all that, that's, that's a little bit of a distraction from, from what we really need to be discussing. Now, I don't think it's a distraction for you to address it with him because clearly he's saying, well, if I can't believe this, then I can't believe the rest of the Bible. So these are good good opportunities for us to say, hey, this is actually something that can indeed happen. And apparently there are a few other instances of it um, throughout history. So does that answer your question, Chastity? It did. Thank you so very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me pray for you and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for chastity and just thank you that she is a light in her workplace. And I pray that you would use her as an ambassador for Jesus in that place. And um, Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom and winsomeness, like in the way that she responds to this coworker. And I pray, Lord, draw him to faith in you. And don't let the enemy uh, use things like this to distract him from the real issues of the gospel. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Oh, you bet. You God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, let's go back to our last uh, caller. This person uh, asked to not be on the air, but 
Um, she said this, she has a prayer request for her marriage. She is a Christian. Her husband is not. Uh, her husband is very cold to her, may have PTSD from military service, and he's been married for a long time. So let's, let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we pray for this person uh, who called in struggling in her marriage, obviously wanting to fight for her marriage and her, her husband's affection and love, but feeling just so lost because he's cold and, and may have some other underlying issues. Lord, I pray that you would, in your grace, save this marriage. Lord, I pray that you would soften this uh, man's hard heart, warm up the cold heart that he has. And Lord, I pray that you would give this caller a lot of wisdom with how to minister to her husband. Um, but Lord, I pray that also she would draw on that, that bottomless well of your love, knowing that she is accepted, she is loved in Christ, and that sets her free to be able to love her husband, even if he doesn't reciprocate, to be kind, even when she doesn't experience kindness in return. Lord, thank you that you have given us the model for that, and I pray that you would help her by the power of your spirit to live that out in regard to her husband. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Furthermore, Lord, I pray for everyone out there listening who is struggling in their marriage. Lord, give them endurance. And I pray that there would be, in every case, Lord, where it's needed, I pray that there would be repentance and forgiveness and that there would be love shed abroad by the Spirit. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. We reached the end of our show. Uh, again, my name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Thanks for listening today. I'll be with you again on Fridays coming up. And we'd love to have you come and see our new uh, building renovation at our church. If you're within driving distance, I personally invite you. Come check us out this Sunday at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. Find more information at whitefieldschurch.com. Have a great weekend and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.